It is Thursday, the 5th of November, 2020. Uh, are you tired of it yet? Uh, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, people still seem to think that the PlayStation 5 is going to be uh, superior, better than the Xbox Series X. I mean, what the fuck? It is... That is so fucking stupid. All of this and so much more on episode number 47, the Bruce Hurst episode. After uh, recalling that, that, that Hurst wore number 47, I spent 15 minutes on uh, baseballreference.com. That website is an absolute wet dream for the white male 35 to 54 demo. It's fucking amazing. I get lost in there. Every single time. Never fails. How they don't have targeted ads. Mind-blowingly stupid. But whatever. What can you do? Anyways, this is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is... Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. America, fuck yeah! I have a, there's a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Stupid thing. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Welcome, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to my monotone gibberish. Uh, it's appreciated. It really is. Thank you. Uh, look, I mean, of course, there's been other shit going on. I, uh, I'll be joined on the show today by my uh, friend and co-founder of the homegrown nutrient management company, Newt Tools. N-U-T-E tools, uh, free plug, newttools.com. If you uh, grow marijuana at home, you will want uh, the newt tool, the the needle, the newt needle, I should say. Um, Fabulous way to manage your nutrients for your flowers and your plants. Um, Check it out. We talk about all kinds of shit. It went on way too long. Every time Evan and I talk, uh, you know what? I just realized I didn't even say his fucking name. Holy shit, David. That's what happens when you write a script and you leave shit out. Let me start over. I'll be joined on the show today by my friend and co-founder of the uh, nutrient management uh, tool company, uh, Evan Glasser. The name of the company is Newt Tools. Wow, I fucked that whole thing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, God. I'm an idiot. I, I only had one cup of coffee today. Jesus. I bought some coffee. Um, the name of the coffee company is Good Walk Coffee. It's like a, you know, play on golf. Uh, fucking fantastic. Holy shit. I, I, it was like a, a South American dark roast. Oh, my God. This stuff is fantastic. Money well spent. Good walk coffee. Check them out. Holy fuck, are they, is that good? Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, my conversation with Evan, every time he and I talk, uh, it, it, we talk too much. Um, like, we don't, we don't talk enough. Uh, we don't get together enough. But when we do, and when we talk, the conversations are... I love talking to him because the conversations are, are great. Like I and I say it at the end of uh, the, the second half of the conversation is that every single time I talk to him, I am smarter than when I started. It happens every time. He's just a very smart guy. Uh, anyways, but we talk about all kinds of shit. And I, like I said, I had to break it up into two parts. So one part one today, part two next Thursday. Uh, today you'll hear um, an incredibly interesting take on. 
the marijuana industry, uh, Newt Tools and their role within it. Um, you know, and, and he'll talk a little bit about the company. We'll talk about marijuana in general. Uh, we get into talking about the 90s briefly. Um, you know, in growing up, um, you know, in a variety of different places throughout his life, he's, he's lived in a lot of different places. So he has a, an interesting perspective, an interesting worldview, which is part of the reason that I enjoy talking to him. But uh, he is one of the very few New Mexican Aussies on the planet. So uh, check it out. It's very interesting. Hopefully uh, you enjoy the conversation. Seriously, though, um, there's way more shit going on than just you know preparing you for an interview where you'll, you'll actually learn something. But the giraffe in the room, if you will, is the uh, presidential election, which, of course, is akin to being forced to eat at Taco Bell. Um, you, you know that everything on the menu is fake, processed, bullshit, garbage. It'll probably cause intestinal stress. But there's literally nothing else available. So um, let me pull my soapbox in. Feel free to skip the next couple minutes if you choose. But, you know, this is a politically agnostic program. So I'm not, uh, and because of that, I should say, you know, and it hasn't, it, you know, the election hasn't been determined. I'm, I'm stuttering and spitting and fucking trying to read at the same time. I'm so fucking stupid. Oh, God. I can't yet talk about President Trump being a uh, a one-termer just yet. That'll have to wait for next week. But being politically agnostic also means that I can't talk about a few of the progressive gains during this cycle that are somewhat encouraging, like the growing Hispanic voting bloc in the Southwest, new members of Congress, including two, two uh, gay black men in the House, as well as a, uh, a trans state senator in Delaware and a convicted uh, felon in the state Senate in Washington State. No one should really give a single ounce of shit about any of that, really, as it has nothing to do with anyone but the person living that life. Of course, being politically agnostic means that uh, I, I'm not able to mention the roughly 70 million of my fellow Americans that don't seem to have an issue with a candidate featuring decades of documented racism, uh, rampant con corruption within his administration and their party that tries harder to stop people from voting than it does to stop the spread of an annoying virus that we're all fucking tired of, and finally, flat out embarrassing hair. As I mentioned, this is my soapbox, so if you don't like it, fuck yourself. Uh, it is ultimately meaningless, as my opinions are certainly different than others. The good news we can have a conversation. It can't talk, although there are limits. There's, you know, we shouldn't have an argument on whether or not racism is good or bad. Like, it's not. It's not a thing. You can't have that argument. It exists. It's a thing. You can't tell me otherwise. So I'm terribly sorry. Having said all of this, I see very little tangible, tangible, actual change afoot. But as I mentioned, there are some positives for those of us with a shred of empathy and rational thinking to draw upon. So that's what I'm choosing to do. It'll be very interesting to see how this moves forward. I have a feeling this is going to be a very long, drawn-out process. We've already seen issues at you know, some of these states where they're still counting ballots. Apparently, that's a bad thing in some people's minds. Ugh. It is just, it's beyond frustrating to watch because it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. You cast a vote, it should be counted. The thing that, that kills me is like, look, the last time we went through this bullshit four years ago, um, it was called because Clinton had no chance to catch up regardless of any, um, you know, mail-in ballots, absentee ballots or anything like that. Just it wasn't possible. So therefore, uh, you had uh, major publications, the Associated Press, television networks, et cetera, et cetera. They called it for Trump. And then what people don't realize is they finished counting the votes, you know, just because it was called doesn't mean they stopped counting ballots. That's not how it works. Everyone's counted. 
Every single vote is counted. Even if the fucking thing gets called, they still keep counting. It takes a long time. We're talking, you know, what are we talking? 70 to, uh, yeah, 75 million ballots across the country that need to be counted. It's pathetic that it's only that little, to be honest. And there's, what, 365 million people in this country? I don't know how many actual are, are eligible to vote. I would imagine two-something, right? I didn't bother to look that up. That's not in the script. But it's embarrassing that the number is, what, 65 to 70% of eligible voters actually voted? What the fuck are you doing? I don't get the, the not voting thing. It's another thing I don't understand. But, again, as I said, it's the Taco Bell of, of whatever. Like, it's, it's shit either way. Either way. Biden was not my uh, initial choice by far. In fact, he was probably fourth or fifth on my list. Which reminds me, you know, ranked choice voting here in Massachusetts didn't pass. You know, it didn't pass because you didn't tell people how to fucking do it. You didn't explain it like you were talking to a first grader, which is half how you have to treat the electorate these days. It's it just, it, ugh. it's a good idea in theory. In practice, it, it's probably not. Because then you have people, like the people up in Maine screaming about it. Oh, it sucks. Why? Because you have to fucking think for two seconds. You don't have to do it. It's an option. If you don't want to pick three candidates, you don't have to. You could just pick one and, and walk out of the room. It's fine. It's okay. But apparently, big fucking deal. So, I don't know. I could talk about this crap for a couple minutes more, but quite honestly, my head is... Uh, eh, I shouldn't even say that. It's not. I've done I've done pretty well to, uh, to not dig into the minutia of the whole thing. I find... I find the reaction from uh, one side of the aisle really fucking, one, disingenuous, and two, stupid. Uh, you know, you've got, in some states, they're like, count every vote, and then in some other ones, stop counting. Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, pick one. Either you want them to stop, or you want them to keep going. You can't pick one to just fucking simply fit your argument. That's not how it works. When, when you have an election in this country, every vote is counted. I'm terribly sorry that you're just figuring this out now. Ugh. Anyways. Um, coming up, my interview with, uh, with Evan Glasser from Newt Tools and my dear friend. Uh, please listen. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something. You should learn something. And when we come back, we'll talk about shit that uh, doesn't mean much of anything at all. So, check it out. And don't mind the shoddy editing at the end of this, okay? I'm not a, I'm not a trained professional. Deal with it. As promised, uh, yet another guest this week, uh, a guest entirely different um, than um, I guess last week, so I'm very happy. Uh, but a big, big welcome uh, to a dear friend who I find to be both endlessly uh, interesting and entertaining while also just being a genuinely good human being. Uh, a big podcast welcome to my dear friend, Evan Glasser. Evan, thank you so much for being on the show. Right, well, thank you very much for, uh, for having me. It's an absolute honor. And what an intro. A great intro. Oh, and he turned his camera on too. So uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. He's wearing his uh, wonderful uh, yellow Aussie, is that a rugby jacket? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, you, just huh? a sweat, it's a sweat just, jacket. But it's oh, so it's funny. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't sweat, even think about that. A sweat yeah. jacket. A sweat jacket. There yes, we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... Uh, in case uh, my listeners aren't aware, Evan is from New Mexico, uh, as you can uh, tell by that uh, beautiful Australian accent of his. Um, so, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. What I'm kind of hoping to talk about is that we talked about before I 
got into it just having a bit of a free-flowing conversation, but I did have a handful of things, handful of topics uh, that I wanted to bring up with you. And before we, we even got started, one of the things that uh, I had mentioned to you was how fascinated I am with your, uh, your, your business, your side business as it is, uh, Newt Tools, N-U-T-E Tools for the uh, home-growing experience, if you will. Um, talk to me a little bit about one, talk to me about Newt, and then two, talk to me what it's like to be in the weed game, essentially. Because I, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, again, it's something, and I, you, you and I have talked about this in the past, I am very, very interested and fascinated by the marijuana game and how lucrative this business can be at some point um, down the road, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, well, I, I'm not sure I would... Uh... I think it's generous, genu excuse me, generous, uh, two minutes in and I'm already slurring. I think it would be generous, gen well, I cannot speak. It would Jeez, be a what a terrible decision this was. Terrible guest, yeah. yeah. It would be uh, generous uh, to say that, you know, I'm fully in, in that industry. But, you know, um, I think Newt itself uh, was quite an organic idea that just sort of, I don't know, like, like I think we spoke about this before, but, you know, after I... Uh, you know, left Wayfair, I didn't have a huge amount of stuff that I was sort of like, you know, interested in kind of going back into, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I was sort of <laughs> I was a little pissed off, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, just something, this sort of opportunity came up and it was an opportunity to kind of like work for yourself and to, you know, start something and try and build something that I, I was able to have some form of uh, control over the way that the policies were formatted and the way that things were set up. And, you know, I could control how I would treat my employees and I could control how I treat my customers. And, and that whole concept was quite, was quite interesting to me. And, and, uh, you know, my business partner, Rob, who, who is, you know, the co-founder, we all have just sort of just made like a very interesting sort of complementary sort of skill set together where, you know, he could do marketing, he could do, you know, design, he could do product development, he could do, you know, analytics, and then I could do people stuff. <laughs> and I, <you> know, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, you know, very, um, it just ended up working out quite, quite well. And it's just been sort of like, you know, starting small and, and uh, we literally started with nothing. Uh, I think really the field to describe it is sort of like nutrient management rather than you know, necessarily the homegrown experience, but the, you know, it's to help people in their homegrown process and help them kind of like develop tools and stuff like that uh, and develop processes that fit in currently with the stuff that, that they're doing. So, you know, it's a cool brand. I think we've done a lot of work uh, on that and, and, you know, it's been really cool to, to sort of see it grow. And, and, and it's interesting that you ask about like the marijuana industry. I think that there's sort of two very like separate parts to it. And again, mm -hmm. this is, me speaking as a, as a fairly, fairly a layman, but, you know, having sort of been operating within it, but there's sort of like, obviously there's like the flower side of it, where there's actually the products that are contained in THC. That's actually like, you know, going to be regulated and taxed by governments or prohibited. Mm -hmm. And then you have this other really interesting side, which is like kind of like a grow equipment, which isn't actually illegal. So it's in very interesting, like niche space to be in. So like for me, I don't, you know, I, I know people who are working in the sort of flower side and the flower side of the industry, but really like where, where I do know is, is like I said, this equipment based industry, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you talk about this industry, it's very interesting, you know, it's super niche. Um, very niche. Yeah, extremely. Uh, and yeah. it's a fun spot to play in because like when Absolutely. we developed our first product, the Newt Needle, like, you know, there was just nothing like it because it's like, it's, an, it's a niche industry, you know, candidly you know cannabis growing has not been <laughs> has not been like you know the most forefront of, of, of everyone's mind so right. it was sort of an uh, probably not too much you know there's not a huge amount of entrepreneurs that really you know was interested in getting into that space obviously there's there, there were some and they've become hugely successful because there's a lot of money in the space mm. um but uh but so you know when you come in and you sort of look at inventing new products it's so, it's so cool because it's so possible because it's such a new space it's, you know it's a lot of opportunity for growth as the legal side of it grows this side grows with it you know huge opportunities for commercial stuff as well as, as sort of like you know it's going to become the next alcohol so I mean and like, that's my thinking yeah and that's yeah. that's my thinking all along has been you know it's it is had such a stigma attached to it for literally no reason um, you know, it was, it was done uh, essentially to benefit the cotton industry, uh, you know, however many moons ago, because people understood that, uh, you know, cannabis and then hemp 
and uh, you know um, CBD and in the medicinal properties that that those things had, and mm. and the commercial properties of hemp. Uh, but you know, lumping them all together, you know, they, it became stigmatized. So you can yeah. you could put that evil sort of oh, marijuana. You know, it didn't matter what it was. And, and so now, as you see, you know, sort of uh, the a more, I guess, adult way of thinking and saying, okay, well, let's look at mm. this is the same way as alcohol. We can regulate this. We can tax it. We can earn money mm. off of this. So being in the space to me is incredibly interesting. Um, mm. And I wish I was smart enough to actually figure out, uh, you know, that niche and get into it. But the thing about nutrient management now, do you sell it? it how many of your products do you think you've sold to people who aren't growing cannabis? I don't know, man. Not many, I think, no? to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, just sort of the, the phase, sort of the, the, the place that we are in terms of like most of our marketing is done through Instagram, Facebook mm. ads, you know? So just sort of the place that we are uh, means that mostly it's, t it's very well targeted. So um, you couldn't sell, just for example, let's say – Let's say you have a uh, a competition pumpkin grower in Wisconsin. Mm. Just throwing out hypotheticals, and they use the needle to manage the nutrients of their fifteen hundred sure. pound pumpkins. I mean, is that so, is that feasible? Is that something? Yeah, that, absolutely, yeah? man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you know, the thing is, is, is it's targeted purely, and that's where we spend sure. our energy, just because we feel like that's where it's most applicable. Mm. But, you know, there's loads of different, you know, uses for it. I mean, you know, some people use it for like watering like because it's a long sort of 14 inch stainless steel needle tip that you attach onto a hundred milliliter syringe. It's designed mm. to like get into the bottom of big barrels and they're just big, big, you know, gallon jugs and mm. stuff like that, which often times contain nutrients and other stuff that's really in integral, in integrated, excuse me, in, in the process and really important. So, you know, people were spilling their, their, their stuff everywhere. Can I swear on the podcast? You sure fucking can, buddy. Ah, fuck yeah, sweet. Uh, so people are uh, people are spilling their, their shit like you know all over the place, and it's wasting nutrients. It's you know nutrients are stainy. Yeah. So you know, like I said, the, the thing was designed for that, but you know, having a sixteen-inch needle is particularly you know, and on the top of you know, it's a lure lock, or it, it, it you know locks into locks into the end of the syringe, and it's just you know, it's definitely got multifaceted uses, and I'm so like I'm so proud of it, and so happy with it, like with not to like toot, toot my horn or anything. No, like we, we, we toot your a horn. Lot of shit with this product. Yeah. yeah. Like it was difficult to get it right and we finally got it right. So, you know, it's nice to also be able to say that as a business. You know, mm. Like, okay, like, you know, we have a, I have a product that I'm, you know, super stoked with and, and something that I feel very comfortable, like, you know, sending around anywhere because it's durable and it works, you know what I mean? And it's mm. got good quality and I'm willing to back that. And that's the kind of products that, you know, I wanted to represent at Newt was sort of those kind of products, you know, that were, you know, durable, good, good quality. Uh, and stuff that's something that you can believe in and a brand that you can kind of, you know, and, and build the brand around that. And it's been working, man. Like I said, it's like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've told you in, in private, like, you know, how, how that, how that's going. So thankfully, you know, thankfully it's, it's going, it's going forward, but it's, but it's interesting, you know, you sort of mentioned back there about sort of, you know, getting into, into the industry and going back into sort of like, you know, taxation and stuff like that. One thing that I, the one thing that I heard that, you know, I was at a, like a, um, it was like some 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 sort of drinks like well before this COVID lockdown started. I think it was sort of mm -hmm. like in the, you know maybe like even six or seven months ago. Mm -hmm. And I was um, talking with some dude at, at this at this barbecue, and this dude was like a food scientist. And the dude was like telling me about how he was like working with with like these marijuana companies to essentially innovate food products, like new different kinds of products. One of the ones he was talking about, which for me would be an absolute no brainer. Like sort of like a uh, Kool-Aid <laughs> kind of like absolutely you know, THC thing. Drop yep. it in some water, mix it up. You get yourself like a lemon flavor, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Strong THC. Dr bring that to the bring that anywhere you want. You know, yeah. in a in a bottle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. On all you need is water, and like that's, and you that's see, a game changer, man. You've yeah, seen some of these. Absolutely. And the thing you're gonna see, and you have already, these large alcohol companies that are trying to tie into cannabis, like Corona, for example. They, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the company that they bought, but uh, they bought a company who was developing, uh, you know, THC infused beer and THC infused uh, like malt 
spring water beverages and shit like that. So, Damn. yeah, I mean, it, it it's never ending. It's an endless, like you've seen what happened in the last, say, I don't know, two years with all this bullshit seltzer, alcoholic seltzer water. Oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That fucking shit took, it blew up, it exploded. So to me, yeah, I know. if you do the same thing with THC infused seltzer, that's going to be at some point, maybe it's not massive. right away, but it's going to be massive. It's yeah, be absolutely like, uh, huge. There's this really, really, really great company out of Massachusetts. Uh, it's called like Mary Mary Palmer. Uh, they they like they do like these awesome like lemonade drinks, all these flavored lemonade drinks, and they mm-hmm. do great edibles. And I'm myself very much into edibles. I've been more interested in edibles quite recently, just because of how like, um, yeah, I suppose a little bit, a little bit healthier than smoking, I think, and also just like a very different sort of, you know, hi, this is a very stonery thing to say, (laughs) but but like, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I've been into them, I've been into them quite quite recently, so you know, just the concept of uh, of having just more selection of of those kind of things and more targeted and more innovative, like you know, someone's got to be able to kind of get on the phone and essentially. The other the other thing is like because the market's so new, there's so much room for like brands, mm. you know. So like if you get like if you build a good brand, you know, you have a lot of opportunity, and really just having that strong brand. So I think that's why actually, and you know, to bring this sort of around that a circle to new, uh, I think that's really what we've been working on the most is essentially like to create something that stands out within the space as it is now. Mm-hmm. So that you can build some kind of like you know following and re- recognition and and stuff like that for when the space really blows up, you know right. what I mean? Mm. So I think that that you know I think that mate, I think your opportunity is there, Dave. You just gotta you just gotta find that. You just have to find it. Product. Gotta find it. Because no, you have, you, right, mate. Because you have you have like wholesalers now. You have like yeah. you know you don't even need to worry about. Uh, you know, essentially, you don't even need to worry about getting a license. <laughs> mm. You could just start making stuff and seeing what happens, and then just giving it to people to sort of distribute and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, maybe it would be under the table. And obviously, I wouldn't want to be encouraging anything illegal on this on this podcast. <laughs> but the, but the, like, the vast majority of uh, the vast majority of these businesses out in California, which went legal, essentially, have all start. They all started in the, in the gray area. Of course, like the, sure. You know, they had like the the the, the run up. So yeah, you know. It's all, it's all, it's all great, man. It's all so exciting, and obviously, it's going to get dominated by Monsanto in ten years. So, well, you know, <laughs> get in get, while you can. Get in while you can, exactly. So, cool. Uh, NewtTools.com, N-U-T-E Tools dot com. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's what I found. Thanks okay. for the shout out, man. Hey, yeah. no problem. That's a that's the uh, the show's uh, free plug. That's a free one. Yeah, that's a free plug. Thank you very much. Appreciate Sweet. that. I'll be paying. I'll be paying that fee later then. Yeah, yeah. I promise. <laughs> you take you take Venmo. Yes, please, yeah. Venmo. Yep, Excellent. absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. See, and and that kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's an incredibly interesting topic, and the fact that you have so much knowledge about it, I think, is uh, is great for the show. So thank you very much. Um. Uh, as I started, uh, you know, with my intro, um, being from New Mexico, uh, you're the only New Mexican that I know. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you know, it must Thank be, a, it's a huge honor, I'm sure for you, but huge. In, in reality, one of the things that I, uh, I also wanted to talk about was, uh, your, uh, growing up overseas and, and how you think it would compare to growing up here in, in the States. I'm kind of looking for that sort of, you know, the thing that sort of separates, you know, um, the upbringing of say someone that's your age that, that grew up here. And then, you know, some of the experiences that they're missing out on versus the experiences that, you know, growing up uh, in Europe and in Australia that you would miss out on uh, in the States. It's, it's one thing that, this is a question I've always wanted to ask you, but it's never been the sort of, I don't know. It's never really come up because we end up talking about some other bullshit nine times. Yeah. Out of 10, so. yeah, yeah. And that too. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of curious as to your answer to, to that. My complaints and observations, one might say. Bingo. See that? Look at yeah. you. I'm so good at this. You're so goddamn. Shit. You're so smart, Evan. That's why you're on the uh, show. Oh, I don't know about that, but, but uh, it's interesting, man. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting question, I suppose, you know, obviously not having grown up in America, like, you know, the most, that all that I can kind of, uh, you know, assume, I assume from people who I've spoken to. So, you know, you never really can be fully sure, I suppose, of, of the, of every single difference, but in of terms of not. what I think, 
I think that growing up, so for the listeners then, I was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico, lived there until I was two, and then moved to Australia. And then when I was 14, uh, my family moved from Australia to Switzerland, Geneva, Switzerland. And then uh, after I lived in Switzerland, I graduated college, no, high school, excuse me, took a year off and uh, went to America to go to university or college. Um, uh, and, and so, so like, I don't know, man, like, uh, the, um, the, uh, that gap year, that gap year has always been interesting to me too, because Uh, everybody in Europe takes a gap year. Am I, am I wrong in making that assumption? Everyone in Australia for sure does. I'm not sure about Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Europe's got a similar, I mean, it just depends, man. Like, Mm. like Europeans are pretty, pretty good travelers, you know, because obviously their countries quite quite you know they're all very close together so mm. like you know they've, they've got and it's an easy to kind of you know move around like getting each other's cultures getting each other's business etc you know australia because like i don't know i really don't know there's just a huge like travel bug amongst everyone like you'll be pretty rare to find someone who's going straight back into you know the working world after school you get people mm-hmm. who you know you know graduate high school travel for a few years, come back, study, take another year traveling and then go to work. Like it's a different pace. Mm. It really just depends. Like, you know, here you're just churning out of college and churning out of high school and just quickly get back on, get onto the rat race, you know, get into, get onto the, uh, get onto the hamster wheel. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you know, but there's benefits. That's a big too. difference, obviously, you know, it's the difference. Sure, in, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a cultural difference. I think like, you know, Australia, um, you know, first off, the '90s were just ch- a chill time. I think you know, I was talking about this. Yes, about they were. Before, I don't, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but the '90s were pretty damn good, man. Like, they were wonderful. I actually, I actually remember like very specifically, like when I was a kid, like the minute like it became like not as cool to be American, because I was always <laughs> half, you know, I always would say that. Yeah. And that was like just after 9/11, you know, just yep. after that 9/11, and seeing America's like crazy response to it, which mm-hmm. was. You know, as an American, like, I completely understand why they made that response. But from the international community, like, America kind of just got so angry. It just started wildly swinging and it didn't really, didn't really care who it hit mm-hmm. as long as it hit the person who, who, you know, attacked it. And, like, you know, here we are 20 years later, right? And, and we really kind of are able to look at that behind some rose-tinted glasses and sort of mm-hmm. say, like, well, you know, what, was, what, what, what were both those wars really for? Yeah. You know, but, but again, you know, I'm not trying to... I'm trying to get political on on the on the on, on, on the podcast, <laughs> but like you know, like, like 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 I said, you know, but at the same time, like you got to understand what the people were feeling at, at that time, right? And people were mad, and people were scared, and and, and angry, and and you know, I was definitely one of them, and and uh, I think I brought up like a, a fairly large amount of resentment in me towards um towards obviously terrorists and stuff like that, and you know, I really hated them, and I, you know, as a citizen, and I felt you know personally attacked too, so. You know, I definitely always have considered myself to be American in, in some way, shape, or form, like my entire life. Um, well, legally. But I, you know what I mean? Legally, at least. Yeah. I have to pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they ask another thing. Yeah. You're an American citizen living abroad, you still got to pay tax. Uh, which is absolutely wild. But, no, but anyway. It's dumb is the word you're looking it's for. It's so funny. Yeah. And it, most other countries don't, don't do it. Of course do not. It, why, why would they? It's funny. And it's funny because it's a country that's obsessed with tax and mm-hmm. not taxing. So it's something I would have been surprised about. But, yeah. but anyway, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think Australia and the nineties in general were just like a very, a very nurturing, good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't anything cray cray out there. So, you know, I grew up like fairly, I think, I, you know, uh, I think it was just a little bit more like uh, a little bit more calm, like smaller towns. So people knew each other more. Like I wasn't in a city. So I really got to build like a sense of community. The school I went to was like a real hippie school. So I learned how to sing and draw and do all that kind of <laughs> stupid shit. And of yeah. course, like as a little kid, I was like super rebellious. I'm like, I don't like this. I want to do math. And I, like, <laughs> I want to do math. <laughs> I want to do real shit. You know, but that was but the, yeah. that's the craziest thing is like that was the way of like essentially like you know pushing back against the school. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always had an issue with authority, Dave, as you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um uh you know that was just my way of pushing back of course like now looking back on it you're like damn like, i'm so glad i got taught that shit that's right because, uh, exactly yeah yeah well and then and then just on the flip side i moved to switzerland and just was horrifically academically unprepared for, <laughs> for the standards <laughs> at that international school uh and and so was just like a, went from like you know went to be, becoming a pretty average student 
uh, pretty pretty quickly. But again, man, you know the other thing actually, and it's interesting we're talking about weed, but but fucking alcohol in Switzerland, you can drink a, a beer and beer and wine at sixteen and cider. I've I've talked to you about this. Yeah. So like you got to understand like the concept of someone who's like essentially understands exactly how alcohol works and how alcohol affects you by the age of sixteen, mm. probably earlier. Because like yeah. for me, I know I was drinking in bar. I know I was drinking in bars at fifteen. Mm. Like you know I was going in there illegally and buying drinks. And there were some places that would just let you do that. You know yeah. obviously so. You know, you've had the worst hangover of your life by the time you're 16 and, and you know, you're drinking beer and wine with it. Mm. So, you know, you're never going to be wanting to put you, you're always going to know how you're, you're affected by alcohol and, and, and how much alcohol you can consume safely. So you get a lot less alcohol related deaths like like you get from these kids who go to come to college here in America at like 19 and, you know, they're. You know, 18 should be the illegal drinking age. Oh, for sure. sure. You know yeah, what I mean? mean absolutely. No question. No. Man, yeah. if you can, like, if you can, yeah, sorry, what, what were you saying? No, nothing. I mean, just, I, it, it, you can see it, that the comparison that you made, obviously, is, you know, kids going to college at 19, when they go fucking uh, crazy with their drinking, it becomes, uh, it, you know, dangerous because they're stupid. They're kids. They don't mm. know any better. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they go and do stupid shit. And next thing you know, they get themselves into, you know, get themselves into trouble, get themselves in an accident. They die, whatever. But, you know, and that's a, an excellent sort of juxtaposition because the thing that I've always heard as well in, in France, uh, you know, they you have given wine when you're like 14 with your dinner. It's no big mm. deal. So the idea of, you know, because my, my other assumption, too, is that alcohol is probably not marketed the same way uh in europe as it is here where every every sort of commercial that you see for like a beer is uh you know a raucous party good time um and they they sort of they make it look as if life is ten thousand times better when you have a beer in your hand as opposed to without so mm. i mean i i I don't know if that's how it's marketed overseas. I don't really can't say I've been exposed to that. I'm not sure, but to me, it uh, seems that it's it, it's probably different. Yeah, I mean, I think because the relationship. Worse. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. Wow. Uh, they just. I think they they're very much like just product. Um, like a lot of them are very much like some of them obviously are good, but a lot of them are just like product displays. Yeah. America, like they're very good at like reaching inside you and like grabbing all the things that they want you to, you know, they, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll find exactly what makes you tick and they'll put mm. that in front of you. Like they're sure. very good in there in, in America. I'm, you know, obviously they, they do that in the UK as well. The UK being separate, yeah. man, I think like, you know, Anglo-Saxon cultures or cultures that were sort of, you know, come up through like sort of Germanic people. Mm -hmm. uh, and Celtic, you know, Celtic people, I suppose, slightly less. But, but, but regardless, you know, Germanic people have a, just a drinking culture that exists within their culture. Like, it's, right. and, it's a, and it's a big drinking culture. The Germans, the English, you know, the Australians, the Scots, mm. Irish, Welsh, um, you know, you, you sort of go a little bit. Or I mean, even like all of Europe has a big drinking culture, but like, you know, not quite the same as like the Germans, not quite this, you know, you think of Oktoberfest, you know, mm. the Aussies, you know, you think of the way that we put, put, put away beer, you know, Americans as well through like the German, it's a big drinking culture over here, uh, English too. So my, Wait, let, my me ask you, is, let me ask yeah. you this before, I, and I hate to interrupt, but it's a big drinking culture, but it starts at an early age, right? So that it's so, not, so that's what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so it, Germany is the same thing. Do Germans, if Germans are, you know, those, those, those cunts have figured it out, man. They're, they're <laughs> smart. Like, like they've figured out everything, man. What, what country, what, 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 what country freaking uh, loses two world wars <laughs> and somehow manages to come back and come back, come out pretty well every single time. Like, yeah. Got the German, Germans are good people. You know, they're, mm. they're responsible. They work hard. They, they they just they just do a good job and, and i think that you know having a drinking age for beer and wine is just the, the solution to all our problems i think you'll find that in college alcohol related issues first off like let's be fucking honest here like what fucking alcohol complaints in college is the biggest piece of shit american colleges are the biggest piece my first complaint on this american <laughs> fucking colleges dude they're jokes like outside of yep. maybe like the yeah. ivy leagues what the fuck are they doing anymore? they're businesses 
they're there to make money businesses. and not even good businesses their That's businesses right. run run by a bunch of softies dude yeah like safe mm -hmm. spaces in a college are you kidding me yeah what do you think of like those french revolutionaries back in like <laughs> who were the ones that were fucking like starting the whole you know humanist <laughs> movement and shit and the fucking monarchy oh, who'd be like oh no 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 safe space you can't yeah. nope sorry you can't say that only yeah. our revolution we can That's only right. talk about it you gotta yeah. get out like jesus christ man <laughs> Fuck's sake. But anyway, so yeah. those, those fucking, um, fucking universities, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is all I'm saying, dude. But, but yeah, I've sort of lost my train of thought of getting, getting into Yeah, I know, but that was such a great, of, that was such a great, yeah, a, lot, uh, a yeah. lot less alcohol deaths on you. I and mean, come on, man, like no college admin's going to sit there with a straight face and tell you that like a fucking alcohol fucking violation in college is serious. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. fuck off. If you don't have an alcohol violation in college, you're a fucking loser, dude. I don't care who you are. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you need, you should be drinking. You should be pushing those. You should be trying to do that shit. Like, hope you enjoyed that. Um, we get into, like I said, a, you know, handful of different things. We we talk about. Um, uh, Europeans starting to drink at young ages, which I thought was very interesting. His take on that was pretty, pretty similar to mine. But you know, what can you do? Colleges, I thought was pretty funny. It's a funny drop. Um, but, anyways, as I mentioned, yeah. So I, I love having um, discussions with Evan, and I really do. Um, I really do hope you enjoyed that, and and, and hope that you. Got got a little something out of it, you know. Even if it's, you know, if you happen to know Evan, even better because you know, then I would hope that you realize that Evan is a very interesting guy as well. So, uh, one of my favorite people on earth. Uh, anyways, let's get back to the toy aisle, if you will. Um, this week's best bets are in, and I I can tell that you're all very excited. Scott Banksley is still in first after last week. He is 6-1-1. One, and one. I mean, honestly, I said to him last week, I'm like, we need to come up with a magic number uh, for, for when he gets this shit wrapped up. I mean, I would guess four weeks, you know, unless somebody, he would, yeah, I would say, you know, what are we, week eight? I mean, if he gets to like week 12 and uh, it could be four, his magic number could be four, four wins, four losses uh, from, from. Myself and Jackie Frodley Jr. And this shit's over. But uh, anyways, uh, so Banksley has Arizona minus four and a half. Uh, reasonably interesting bet. Can't say I, I love it. Can't say I hate it. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, who are they playing? Oh, the Dolphins. The red hot Miami Dolphins on the road. Um, the Dolphins' defense is no joke, so we'll see if they can, you know, perform like they did last week. Uh, that'd be interesting. Um, Jackie Fraudley Jr., he has Seattle, minus three. They take on the Bills in Buffalo. The Bills are a fraud team. We all know this. If you don't know this, you should know this. Fraud club. Uh, so that, you know. That should win. Uh, and I took Tampa Bay minus four and a half. What the fuck? It's already gone down. Fuck. I made the bet at minus four and a half, and now it's down to minus four. Fuck you, bookmakers. Go fuck yourself. Uh, the Saints are beat up. Very beat up. Drew Brees, uh, I don't know how the hell they're winning, to be honest, because he's playing like hot garbage. So it'll be interesting to see how that, and I think that number is low. Tampa's at home. I would have guessed seven, seven plus. Um, for some reason, the Patriots game is off the board. Don't know why. Something happened in the last 20 minutes? I wonder. Hmm. Oh, God. This is the downside of, like, doing these things is that, you know, shit changes constantly. Ugh. So we'll see what's going on there. Hopefully nobody's picked up the Rona again. But the Patriots game, as of right now, off the board. We'll see. 
Um, a lot of interesting matchups this week. Again, just kind of touching on the Patriots. I mean, if they don't win against the Jets, then we can write off the whole season. Even if they do win, getting them to to three and five on the year is, you know, look, they're not gonna they're not gonna run the table from here on out. But again, they're not as bad as they were against the 49ers. They're not that team. They're a better team. They played well last week against the Bills. I talked about that the other day. Uh, they should and could conceivably, um, you know, what do they got? Eight games left, nine games left. I don't know. They could go fucking six and three and, and finish eight and eight. I don't see a problem with that. And look, eight and eight this year could get in the playoffs. Not that it fucking matters if they get in the playoffs, because who gives a shit? They're not going anywhere. I'd, I'd prefer they not get in at all, if that's the case. Um, but it, it'll be curious to see what happens Monday night. There's a handful of decent games. Um, Ravens-Colts uh, should be close. Um, Chargers-Raiders should be close. I mean, and the Chargers will find a way to lose. Even the Giants and, and Washington should be close, but it'll probably be dreadfully boring. Denver Atlanta has a chance to be a fucking uh, point show. That number, it, it it's at 50 points. That seems kind of low. Hmm. Interesting. I have to look at that. Tonight is uh, Packers 49ers. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Packers um, are going to roll. The line is seven. Uh, because the Niners are basically fielding a, a Division One AA squad tonight. They are the most beat-up team in NFL history. I have never seen any... The list of injuries just keeps going and going and going and going. Fascinating shit. Uh, they're missing their best wide receiver. Uh, Garoppolo's hurt again because, you know, he stinks. But uh, them being four and four is honestly a minor miracle. But they're going to suffer the same fate as some of these other clubs that they get to the four, they get to the Super Bowl and lose, and next thing you know, they fall to shit. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how the rest of their season goes. I think they're on the bye next week. Um, not sure. No, are they? Uh, no. Next week they're next week they're at the Saints. Then they're on the bye. Then they play the Rams. The Rams, who are a fraud team, who I didn't realize the other day, the only teams they've beaten are uh, NFC East teams, and pretty much everybody can beat uh, the NFC East. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's it. It'll be you know football should be good this weekend. We'll see. Um, your West Ham United. Uh, Take on Fulham. Last place Fulham Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. NBC. Probably NBC Sports Network, if I had to guess. Or maybe even Peacock. That bullshit. Uh, but uh, West Ham is a, a favorite this week. Minus 125, which probably means they'll lose. Because that's how it goes when you support this club. I hope not. Could use the three points. It'd be nice. You know, we're good part of the schedule against lower clubs, clubs that we should beat. See how it goes. Fingers crossed. But um, that's it from the toy aisle. Toy aisle. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Um, lastly, the Instagram giveaway. If you haven't entered, please. Please do so. Go to the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. Uh, I will post yet another uh, um, picture of, of the of the swag that you have a chance to win. All you need to do: like the post, follow the page, tag three friends. Voila, you're entered. Okay, so you get a you get a, a poorly made T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking things. I sent this company an, e an email, and I'm like, why would you send T-shirts with a stitched logo uh, right in the middle of the chest? That's not what I wanted. I asked for screen printing. 
uh, and a larger logo. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, So I'm fighting with them. We'll see how that turns out. Probably not in my favor if I had to guess, but uh, the, the knit cap though, sweet, like bright red. The logo came out terrific. Uh, you got a t-shirt, some stickers, and a, a handwritten note of thanks from yours truly that'll have no value or meaning whatsoever. And then the t-shirt you can wear, you know, uh, if, if you're a female and you happen to listen to my program, which I doubt, you know, you can wear it, uh, wear it to bed. You can wear it to, <laughs> I don't know why you fucking wear it. You could wear it in public if you want. I don't know why you would. Um, but. Or, as I said in, in my post, you know, everybody needs a T-shirt, you know? I, I'm looking at my current s- selection of T-shirts right now, personally. I don't really fucking have anything. And I've been painting like a fucking crazy person for the last week. This plywood in this house that they used in the basement fucking sucks up paint like nobody's business. It, it And I'm using a navy blue paint. Because I wanted something dark that would cover the fucking disgusting yellow that was down here before. And uh, it's like three or four coats to get this fucking shit on. It's just... I can't win with this fucking house. It's absurd. Um, but everybody needs a t-shirt when you're going to paint something. You know what I mean? Put the t-shirt on, you get paint on, who gives a fuck? Throw it away. Then you can... You know what you do then? You, you cut it up. And you use it to wash your car. Uh, and then, lastly, it'll be used, you know, you spill some uh, random chemical on the floor or something. You know, you use that, use the shredded t-shirt to clean that up, and then you throw it all away. The life cycle of a shitty free t-shirt. There you go. You know, uh, hopefully it doesn't, my, my assumption is after a handful of washes, the stitching will start to fucking come apart. But what do you know? Who knows? I've talked too long. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Please go to the Twitter page at Complaints Pod, uh, the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I've never used uh, but once, and quite frankly, I probably won't be doing it again. Uh, I do have an email address, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. You can call and leave a voicemail, 617-65-RIP-EM. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Uh, three or two good guests, three good segments. I, I'm going to get out of that. I'm very happy about it. I would like to have some other guests. So if you want to be on the show, if you know anybody that wants to be on the show uh, that is interesting and wants to talk about something, please let me know. Love to get them on. Um, that's it. Thank you very much as always for listening. I very much appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.